This is Help Wanted, the show that makes your work work for you. I'm Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine. And I'm money expert Nicole Lappin. On Tuesdays, Jason and I answer the helpline and help callers solve their work problems. And on Thursdays, I give you one way to improve your work and build a career or company you love. And it starts now. Thanks for calling the helpline. What's your question? I'm Ellen Crane. I was laid off at age 60 from a corporate job that I loved. In fact, I thought I was going to stay there until I retired. I had three daughters in college. I was a single mom, and it really threw me for a loop. And I've never, never, never had trouble getting a job until now. And that was four years ago. I have not been able to land a job when I've never had trouble doing it before. And I'm very confused because I have more energy than most 30-year-olds. I have a lot of great experience, and I really believe I could add value to an organization. So please help me. Well, Ellen, I hear the energy. That situation sounds like it really sucks. So thanks for reaching out, and thanks for being willing to talk with us on Help Wanted. Thanks for having me. It does suck. Thank you. (laughs) How are you feeling now? You know, there's a part of me that's extremely frustrated, and there's a part of me that's energized, and it's sort of launched me into an advocacy role because I never really thought about ageism. I never thought it would happen to me. And then when you become a victim of it, then I've been screaming from the rooftops. And being a PR person, of course, I've been publishing articles, and then I've been connected to this great community of advocates in this space. But I just feel like, okay, that's great. I can bitch about it, right? And I can bring awareness to the situation, but that doesn't help me get a job. So I'm really looking for practical ways to not only change the situation for me, but for other people. There's plenty of people out there talking about the situation. And this is a huge issue, not just for me, but for a lot of people. I mean, people 50 and over represent one third of our population. They're like the largest economic engine. So I'm looking for something more practical. What can I do to help myself and others? Well, Ellen, we would be doing you a disservice if we, Nicole and I, pretended to be ageism experts, but we can pull other people into the helplines. So there is another person on the line today. Today we have Dr. Tracy Gendron, who is an age bias expert and the author of Ageism Unmasked, Exploring Age Bias and How to End It. Tracy, thank you for joining us. Delighted to be here. Now, Tracy, hang on. We're going to pull you in as the expert in just a second. But before we do that, Ellen, I just want to hear a little bit more about this situation. So you had mentioned that you are in PR. You've been in PR. What kind of jobs are you looking for? And what do people usually say, or if they say anything, uh, (laughs) when they're interviewing you and it does not lead to a job? All right. So just to give you a little context, I ran my own company, my own consulting firm for about 15 years. And then one of my clients offered me a chance to work in-house. And I'm like, wow, getting a regular paycheck was amazing. I loved the mission of the company. And I just loved having that regular paycheck and being part of a team, the same team, right? I loved being a consultant also. 
So that was like, I felt like I'd hit nirvana. That was it. I was going to be there till I retired. So I wasn't prepared, right? I had closed down my company. I was like, I'm done with consulting. So when I went to interview or to try to find a job in the way I used to, right? I just kept hitting walls and walls and walls and walls. Now, do people give me feedback as to why? Yes and no. <laughs> right. Right. Because they can't say it outright. Right. So I really probably should have dug deeper when I get rejected, you know, to find out why. But it's everything from, oh, it just wasn't the right fit. You're overqualified. You would be bored, you know, on and on and on and on. We found somebody with a better fit. I mean, you don't know the real answer. I don't know how you find out the real answer. But one consultant actually said to me, and I don't know if this is true or not, Ellen, you've had half of your career as a consultant. I mean, I've worked at big corporations, American Airlines, Alcoa, but I've spent a large portion of my career as a consultant. And maybe that scares companies away. They don't think you'd be happy in a company. So I don't know if that's true. And would you rather be inside of a company again versus just relaunching your own thing? Well, I have relaunched my own thing. And I love it. I have great clients. But it's tough. The income is up and down and I've done it for so long and I miss being part of a team and getting a regular paycheck. Before we bring Tracy in, I'm just curious. It's been four years and you told us a moment ago you never thought you would be the victim of ageism. When did it go from you just like not getting the first few jobs to saying, wait a second, I think something else is happening here? So it's really funny. There was one pivotal moment because I thought, okay, I'm not getting in because I don't have connections, right? And then a really close friend, colleague, somebody I'd worked with for like 12 years had a job opening on her staff. And I said, oh my God, I would love to work for you. Can I apply for that? She goes, oh, you would be so bored. You're so overqualified. And that is when it hit me, overqualified. She was saying, you're too old. And that's when I'm like, oh, that's what's happening here. So let's bring Tracy in. Tracy, does overqualified really mean over the hill? Is that a euphemism that's used in ageism? Yeah, it absolutely can. There's a lot of code words when it comes to ageism and job searches and in interviews. And that's definitely one. I think we're so driven societally by an assumption that older people are going to cost too much, that older people aren't as tech savvy, that older people are not interested in a career for the long term, that we just make these assumptions the second we either see somebody's age or look at them and perceive them as being in that category as older. So that doesn't surprise me at all that Ellen put those things together and kind of figured out that that's what was happening. It was also a pervasive pattern she was experiencing, not just one issue, but just the fact that she was not getting the door opened over and over again is quite indicative that it's probably ageism. I mean, as somebody who hires myself, if somebody's overqualified and they want that position anyway, I think I won the lottery. Exactly. So is that just something that is the go-to excuse when it's really underlying ageism? Or have you heard other code words? There's definitely other code words, but that's the most palatable way to say it. 
because you're not going to get in any kind of legal trouble that way. It sounds like a compliment. <laughs> exactly. Just like you're not a fit. What does that mean? But it's all really code. So what is Ellen supposed to do? You know, I think that it's not on Ellen alone to do anything different. And what I can't stand is when you look at all of these articles that tell you, well, you should just either hide your age or hide your experience. No, I think we collectively have to lean into the fact that, as you said, there's a demographic shift. The actual workforce needs the contribution of older people, and that is just going to continue. We're shifting demographically. We're going to have more people over the age of 65 than under 18 in the next eight years. So it's time for us as a group to do things individually, but to really advocate for collective change which means that we have to be loud about it, which is what Ellen is doing and why I love that she reached out to you to talk about this topic. The more we raise awareness of it, the more that we actually embed this into training, have conversations with people, recognize that these are really unconscious and implicit biases that drive our decisions, the better. So I'm not going to tell Ellen necessarily to do anything different other than to keep fighting the fight and to keep raising awareness. At what age does this start to happen? And I'm assuming this is quicker for women than for men and more discriminatory. Yeah. What's interesting about ageism is that ageism is discrimination based on age in any way. So the more I talk about ageism with the more groups, I realize that younger people are also really experiencing ageism in many different ways. I have had so many conversations with younger people who feel like it's difficult for them to supervise people that are older than they are, that people look at them as if they haven't really met the qualifications for the job because they're so young. So it goes both ways. And the more that we discriminate against people that are younger based on age, the more we're feeding their discrimination of people that are older and their own sense of dread about aging. So that's kind of one piece. The second piece is, yeah, sexism and ageism, they accumulate. So it's dual discrimination. And it does affect women differently than men, but it also does affect men. It's just in qualitatively different ways. And I'm assuming it's also in different industries. I mean, I would be lying if I said I went to a specialist recently and I was like, whew, did you get out of medical school? <laughs> and I was a little concerned, to your point, that ageism can be at any side of the spectrum. Yep. Anytime we make an assumption or a judgment by somebody based on their age, we're kind of slipping right into it. And how do we slip out of that? Well, there's so many things, but I think the first thing is recognizing it. This is like the most invisible thing because it is so normalized and we're really just beginning to see it. But once you see it, you're going to see it everywhere, not just in job advertisements. But think about this. We have a thriving anti-aging industry. Just think about that. What is anti-aging? There's no such thing as anti-aging other than death. So the fact that we shame people, men and women alike, into feeling like they have to look, act, behave, feel like they are younger, like that is the standard, is so problematic. When we deny our age, when we are shamed for saying our age, all of these things lead right into ageism. 
So we first have to see it and then we have to understand it and then we got to identify it within ourselves. And once we do that, I think then we can try to start identify it, you know, in systems and in policies. It's actually really complicated because <laughs> it's just so deeply embedded. Ellen, I'm watching you listen to Tracy and smile and nod along. The activist part of you is surely glowing here. And in a moment, I want to bring it back to the practical, but also you're looking for a job. And that isn't always helped by shouting things from the rooftop. So we should talk about that. But let's just stay on this for a second, because, Ellen, you have gotten very involved in this campaign, this community of people who are talking about this. And I wonder from your experience if just getting engaged on the subject and trying to push for change in any way you can. Has that felt satisfying? Has it given you a new community? Has it created some new kind of foundation? What's that been like? It's so inspirational because people like Tracy, in fact, you look on her LinkedIn page, we're connected to some of the same people. There's a powerful community out there and they have all been so generous with their time and their advice and giving me pointers and you know, I've written articles and several different publications and op-eds and this podcast, and it's extremely rewarding and inspirational. It just doesn't pay the bills. So <laughs> it's fun. And this is digressing a little bit. One person said, Ellen, you need to network with younger people. Don't network with your same age or above. And I just thought that was brilliant. Not that I don't already do that because all my clients are in their 20s or 30s. If the younger generation and the older generation could figure out a way to work together, it would be so powerful, right? Because they can teach us, but we can teach them so much. I keep going back to that movie, The Intern. That's what we need to do. Companies need to have internships for older people so younger people can experience what it's like to work with somebody older. I mean, one of my friends calls us wisdom warriors, right? Isn't that a great name, Tracy? <laughs> it is. Well, I love that idea. And also, I think that if framed properly, young people would see the immediate benefit of that. I mean, you are walking around with so much more experience and knowledge than someone who's newer into an industry has. And I think oftentimes when people think about networking, they might think about creating a cohort of people who are going to rise together and all that. But this is a different kind. This is in a way you're offering a shortcut to people because you're able to give them connections and insights that take decades to accumulate. But it's one thing to say that's a great idea on a podcast. It's another thing to actually start bridging some of those gaps and creating those opportunities. Have either of you, Ellen or Tracy, found good ways to be building those connections? I'm starting to see this more and more when I get inquiries like this and inquiries from folks who are in HR and different industries who are finally trying to have the conversation and develop skills to have age inclusion in the workplaces. So I will just say there's good news here that there are companies and industries that are actively seeking out the knowledge to be able to do this, to develop what I call reciprocal mentoring programs, recognizing young and old people have stuff to learn from each other. <laughs> it's not a one-way relationship, it's a two-way. And to recognize that age diversity in teams and in industry actually increases productivity. The research is there to show that it's hugely beneficial. So that's good news. 
this is an interesting story. I'm not sure what to do with it either, but being in marketing, right? I was having breakfast with a colleague the other day who's the head of PR for a very large company, and they spend a lot of money on influencer marketing. And you guys had somebody on your podcast, actually, who I tried to reach out to because that was like, oh my goodness. So she said that her boss asked her the other day, I see you do a lot of influencer marketing. Why are they all young? Why don't you have any older influencers? And she said, there are none. So I'm like, whoa, there you go. There's an opportunity right there, Trace. Want to help me with that? <laughs> there are definitely older influencers. Go to Instagram, go to TikTok. There are older influencers. That's interesting. She didn't even know. Or the companies that put them together, these marketing firms, aren't doing that. So maybe that's a place to start. They're not putting together the older people with the big companies to make the big bucks. Stick around. Help Wanted will be right back. Nicole, have you ever thought about the one that got away? Jason, I am happily in a relationship. You know that. No, the hire that got away. Someone that you thought was perfect for your team, but ah, they were already with another employer. Oh, well, in that case, yeah, I think about her all the time. Well, it's not too late. You can reach out to that person on LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs helps you hire professionals that you can't find anywhere else, even people who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. Okay, looks like it's time for me to shoot my shot. Do it. And I know you may have your heart set on one person, but if you do want to open it up and post a role to a bigger applicant pool, you can do it for free at linkedin.com slash help wanted. And because there are so many professionals on LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within just 24 hours. So you'll never have a one that got away again. Incredible. That's linkedin.com slash help wanted. Yep. LinkedIn.com slash help wanted. Terms and conditions apply. Happy hiring ever after. Welcome back to Help Wanted. Let's get to it. So all of this is great and encouraging. But as we're talking, I'm thinking, like I said a few minutes ago, you know, there's another side to Ellen's situation here. One part of it is you have found a cause to champion. And it is a extremely worthy cause. And as Tracy has pointed out, there is progress being made. There's a lot of progress to go. There's another part of this, which is that for somebody listening to this who is experiencing similar things to Ellen, they're thinking, well, this is great. It'll be awesome if everyone rallies together and decades from now, this problem is a lot better. But that doesn't help me find a job right now. And so outside of raising awareness and doing things that can benefit others down the line, people need to just find jobs. What are they to do? And you know, we can all go to Starbucks or Trader Joe's and get jobs, but where I see the lack of opportunity are executive jobs, jobs where we can really contribute and use our brains. Where are they and how do we land them? I mean, I apply hundreds of jobs, but I'm not landing any. One thing not to do, don't make excuses for your age. And I know the ultimate goal here is to get you a job, but I think the more we participate in self-deprecating remarks and putting ourselves down or making excuses, 
you highlight all of your skills. You highlight the knowledge that you have gained over the years that brought you to this point in your life and leverage that. That is like such a strength that you have, however many years you have in marketing, however many years you have in branding. And if you actually look at the research that shows the types of skills that we get better at as we get older, that's another way to kind of talk about this. So older people don't just have wisdom. Older people actually use both hemispheres of their brain. They actually have really good judgment and decision making because they can build from life experience. Part of our intelligence continues to increase as we age. It's called crystallized intelligence. So, you know, maybe some of the language of aging and all of the beautiful things that come with aging is something that you can add into your lexicon and the way that you talk about yourself. And I'm sure you're going to say, don't lie about your age. Nope. <laughs> I remember on the flip side of this, when I was 20 and I was looking for a job, I was so embarrassed that I was so young and I didn't lie about my age, but I lied, I guess, by omission because I never answered the question. I'd be like, oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> if somebody would try to ascertain approximately how old I was and I tried to like act older and put shoulder pads on and whatever else. You can also try to blind as much of your resume or CV as possible. How do you do that? You can organize it so it's not chronological. You don't have to put a graduation date. You don't have to put identifiers so that you can at least try and expand the opportunities for somebody not making an immediate judgment of what age you are. Are you optimizing for companies that have a good reputation for being more equitable in your job search? a very interesting question because I'm in Florida and I actually did this exact research because there's actually an award given to companies that do excellent work in this area. And I pulled the list of those companies. None of them are in Florida, not one, but I network and I'm trying to get in by doing freelance projects and getting to know the people and they really just believe once they work with me and once they see my skill set and an opportunity comes along, then that's how it's going to happen. Why do you not want to work remote, though, Ellen? I can work remote, absolutely. And I have applied to many, many, many remote jobs. So that lifts the Florida barrier. Have you heard of a company, Gap Jumpers, that assist with blind hiring? They give applicants a set of tests that hiring managers can see. And the only thing they can see is that. No resume, no photos, no names. I've never heard of it. What do you think about using something like that, Ellen? I am open to anything. That is not something I've thought about. So, Yeah, I think we can talk about an ideal world where it doesn't exist. And then we can also try to figure out how to navigate an imperfect world. We talk about this vis-a-vis -vis finances all the time. Like we could cry that it's an inequitable system and fucked up in a thousand ways, or we can figure out how to make the system work for us, which I think is what we're trying to do in this conversation. It's the only thing we can do in the conversation, really. You know, I'm going to throw this thought out to have everyone react to it. So much happens by way of storytelling. Ellen, you know that. That's the business you're in. And we've talked about and Tracy has offered guidance on things to say, to not say, to avoid, to not avoid. And I wonder if 
sometimes a company is just not recognizing the opportunity, the business opportunity, not in an abstract sense of, you know, it's great to have a diverse staff because it can lead to X, Y things, say studies X, Y, Z. That's great, but it's too abstract. What's more specific might be, you know why you need someone who is at my level of experience? It's because your company works with other companies that are run by people with my level of experience or your clients actually have my level of experience and level of experience here. I'm kind of also using this code for age, but I could imagine that if you are in PR and you're over 60, that you are actually the person that the PR agency wants to put out in front anytime you're dealing with a client that their senior leadership is over 60 or their target editors are over 60 or something, right? There's, let's be honest, people relate to people who are like them. And if you're over 60, there are a lot of people like you out in the working world who might relate to you more than some 30-something. And I wonder if it's worth telling that story to companies when you approach them to understand, well, who are they connecting with? What does their industry look like? Why is it valuable to have me who can relate to other people who are my age? Is that a good idea to tell that story? Or to use your stat, Tracy, that in eight years are going to be more. I think it's a fantastic idea. And I think there's the data out there to back you up. And even if it's not what their company looks like today, as Nicole was saying, it is going to be in the next five to 10 years. And people do want to have people that are in the same life stage as them. And people find themselves, especially in PR and marketing, truly underrepresented when it comes to older people. They want to see more. And to do that, you have to hire people <laughs> that can connect with that demographic. So Jason, I think it's brilliant. And I love it, Jason, because that gives me a new filter to sort of look at potential employers through who their customers are, right? Because you don't have a business if you don't have customers. It's the sort of classic way of thinking about what's the problem and can I make it an asset? And in this case, that's a little bit of what you would be doing. Again, we're not testing this out in the real world because <laughs> it just popped into my head, but I'm encouraged that you both validate it as a worthwhile experiment because to me, it would seem pretty obvious that once it gets pointed out to me as a hiring manager that, oh yeah, actually, I'm not just looking for people to fill a role. I'm looking for people to execute. And executing often means connecting with other people, other clients. And oh yeah, actually, I do show up in meetings. And a lot of the people in those client meetings, they're in their late 50s or 60s. And so having somebody in my corner who can relate to these clients actually sounds pretty valuable. That's the kind of thing that I think a lot of people might overlook until it gets pointed out to them. And if you come in armed with some insights, you might connect some dots for people. Yeah, I'll just say from the experience I mentioned, being embarrassed of how young I was and trying to hide it even past the hiring stage with my colleagues. You know, in hindsight, I realized what an asset it was. And it was toward the end of my job there that I finally was like, take out the shoulder pads, lean into this because you're not going to be able to hide it. And so I created a series before I left called literally Young People Who Rock. It was a terrible name, <laughs> but I just like called it what it was. And I ended up 
being the go-to person for like young people who rock. I interviewed Justin Bieber for the first time on network television when he was like 14 or something like that. He was a young person who rocked. He was a total young person who rocked. I didn't know who he was. They were like, oh yeah, he's doing something on social media, whatever, whatever. But you know, I was so exhausted of hiding it. And I was so exhausted of trying to think of workarounds just from feeling like I didn't have enough experience to be around colleagues who had been in the business for a long time or been to the Gulf War or whatever. Is that another option, Tracy, to just lean far into it? Yeah, it's radical. And it absolutely is a great strategy. You had talked about we have to live within the system in which we are in. So we can think about things we can do specifically for Ellen to give us context and ideas of how to find a job, but recognize that at the same time we're doing that, we actually are changing the culture. And by doing things like that, by really leaning in, by being radical, by being loud, we're doing both because we do have control and systems change, I think, when there's enough critical mass to make them change. There's a woman actually I met in Canada who has a company called Top 60 Over 60. And her dream is to create an event, an international event that recognizes regular people, not celebrities, regular people over 60 that have accomplished a lot in life. And I think it goes back to what Jason was saying about storytelling, but also highlighting those people who have successful careers and are over 60, that telling those stories helps change the image for sure. Old people who rock. What's another word we can use besides old people? You know what, though? I got to say, I say take the word old back until we rip the Band-Aid and say there's nothing wrong with being old. No word we put over it is going to make it any better. Okay, Nicole, there you go. Old people rock. Old people who rock. (laughs) I love it. It's true. I think anytime I've been embarrassed about anything, taking back the word, whether it was bitch in my books, and owning it as a badge of honor has been the only antidote. The only antidote to shame, I think, is truth. And the thing that I have always been embarrassed by, I was always embarrassed if somebody would say, well, you didn't go to business school. Why are you talking to me about business? I would just say it first before anyone could criticize me for it. So, Ellen, how do you feel about taking back the word and owning it? I love it. You're right. Just own it. Because I think that the reason younger people are afraid of older people because we're all afraid to get old, right? But it has to be the alternative, right? So it's a badge of honor. You're right. The older we get, the bigger the badge is. So I love that. It's just good there to talk about it too. (laughs) Well, thanks for being old people who rock. Help Wanted is a production of Money News Network. Help Wanted is hosted by me, Jason Pfeiffer. And me, Nicole Lappin. Our executive producer is Morgan Lavoie. If you want some help, email our helpline at helpwanted at moneynewsnetwork.com for the chance to have some of your questions answered on the show. And follow us on Instagram at Money News and TikTok at Money News Network for exclusive content and to see our beautiful faces. Maybe a little dance? Oh, I did sign up for that. All right. Well, talk to you soon. 